everybody. Welcome to My EdTech Live on this two-show Saturday edition. Thank you guys for joining us here today. And today, we've got a wonderful show. Today is just going to be an informal kind of coffee chat. Just, uh, you know, several of us that are here, actually all of us that are here, uh, have applied to be uh, Google innovators. So we applied for VIA 20. And so we just decided to go ahead and just have an informal coffee chat kind of talk and talk about our experiences through the application process, maybe some of the barriers that we saw, some of the things that you know we might've gone through in putting our application together, videos and so on. And just to help inspire other uh, future GEIs that are out there that are wanting to apply maybe for next year. So I wanna thank all of the guests that are joining us here today and any questions and comments are definitely welcome. So uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We've got New Jersey in the house. We've got LA, we've got Ohio, we've got Texas here and we've got India. All right, and Angela, where are we at, Angela? Chicago. Chicago, so we've got Chicago <laughs> in the house. So thank you guys for being here. And so let's just go ahead and kind of talk, just kind of a little bit of just round table. And we'll go ahead and start off with uh, Becky. Becky's joining us from LA and just some of the questions that we had put in the, the Google form is uh, just talk to us a little bit about what inspired you to apply, maybe some of the stumbling blocks that you might've faced during your application process, share your how what, how might we statement and maybe give us some, give some advice to some future GEI applicants. Yeah, definitely. So the biggest inspiration for me to apply was, um, it's actually the silver lining of the whole pandemic. When the pandemic hit, we were totally thrown off with what was happening. Um, and then it was asking teachers to completely change their practice. And through all of that, I realized I have one of two choices here. I can either embrace this and make the most of it, or I can resist and continue to resist until I finally have to give in and go with the plan that everyone else comes up with. Um, so I went the route of, I wanna be part of the change and I quickly jumped on board with getting my Google certifications, Google trainer. I ended up training the district um, that I'm in. I'm in a smaller district. And um, I, I've been supporting in that way. I then got involved with the global GEG, Google Education Group, and um, was encouraged to apply for Innovator. I had thought about it initially and I was like, it's not the right time, it's not the right time. And then I started seeing the work that was coming out of past innovators and the changes that they were making in education, I realized if I really want to be a change maker, I need to get involved and what better time than right now. So that was my biggest reason for joining Innovator was because I wanted to be part of the change. Um, when it comes to stumbling blocks, honestly, it was coming up with my challenge. I had a million challenges, everything from our teachers need this to this to this, but then I kept, nothing was really hitting home. And a lot of these things I was like, well, here's a solution. Like I couldn't get my mind to stop thinking solution-based because I don't ever yes. take a challenge to my boss without a solution. So why would I apply for something without? Uh, and it, it took me sitting down with my boyfriend at like 2 a.m. and having a conversation where I was going on and on and on about what was bothering me in education today. And he finally goes, isn't that your challenge? And I was like, well, it's, our, our kids need to know technology. We have to prepare them. We have to get them ready for the 21st century. But at the same time, like 
we're putting so much in front of them that they're isolating themselves. They're not getting to interact with other students. And um, he listened. He's not in the education field, so he did the, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it took this, I mean, it was a late night of me just talking and he probably was dozing off for most of it when I finally realized that's my challenge. That's what I'm passionate about. I have no solution to this. Uh, so I came up with, um, oh, and I should have pulled it up in front of me and I'm so sorry I didn't because I should have my how might we statement memorized. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. sorry. I have it here if you need it. Yeah, <laughs> is that a requirement you. we've got to memorize it? <laughs> no. <laughs> because I, that was another challenge, coming up with my how might we statement. And the reason I don't have it memorized, I could tell you my whole challenge, is because I revised that stinking thing like 500,000 times, and then I kept sending it to more people. So lesson for anyone applying for Innovator, do not just send someone your how might we statement. You need oh, to okay. give them backstory. I, I think you might... Sorry, oh, Jackie, I think you might need to pay, uh, pull it up because for some reason it's not showing up on my form. It might have been because of that error um, it, that I had when you filled out the form. But Yeah, to touch on what you're saying, Becky, I can't agree with you more. Like I took the application online, put it all in a Google Doc, and I got sure. as many eyeballs on it as I could um, mm -hmm. just to give me insight on my how might we, how can I, oh, try this word. This word might go better than that word. And that made a huge difference from, I'd say, from applying this year from last year where I maybe only had one or two people look at it. Yeah, yeah I had like a similar thing happen when I, I did the same exact thing, Joe. You know, I took it, put it into a Google Doc, and then I DM like every single innovator that I could think of and, you know, just gave them rights to do comments and everything. And it was interesting, you know, like what they commented on the side and, those darn 20 words to get to, that was another part of it, is like, I'm at 22 words, but which words are you gonna take out of you know, how many words it can, it can count? So it was definitely uh, challenging, but I think that's one of the cool things and why we all wanna get in the Innovator program is the people that are in it, as you said before, Becky, they're phenomenal projects, but I think even better, like share and learners. And I asked, I think eight people, whatever the number was, and it was like eight for eight. They were like, yeah, sure, just, share me your doc and no problem. Like I'll leave comments and you know, that's fantastic. That's the way that the world and things should be. And I think mm -hmm. all the innovators, like they, they have that inside them to help other people and you don't know the solution to your problem. So have everybody else help you figure it out. Yeah. So, Becky, you I, got your statement? I, I found it, yes. Okay. <laughs> My statement was how might we prepare students technological skills required for their future while preventing self-isolation? Um, it is a mouthful. And like I said, I initially just sent my how might we statement off to all these past innovators to get input. And then it changed 5,000 times to the point where I got it back and I was like, that's not my challenge. So if you are applying in the future, don't just send someone your how might we statement. They need the whole, they need the backstory, they need the challenge because although they were incredibly helpful, my it, it changed too much so then i went back to everyone and fortunately every past innovator was beyond helpful and i was like okay let's go through it all together and then reworded my how i might we statement to fit my challenge um and i it kept sounding negative and i i don't want a challenge that sounds incredibly negative so instead i focused on the prepare like we want to prepare students but there are downsides to this as well so um, I will say, do reach out to other innovators, open yourself up, 
uh, don't be shy about it. I've posted all over Twitter. I've posted my how I, my we statement. I've posted my video. I'm not an actress, nor am I great with memorizing lines. And I'm not a video editor. I'm fortunate that my boyfriend could help me a lot with video editing, but it was, I realized after talking to enough innovators, if you want to be part of this and you want to make change, you need to put yourself out there. You need to be vulnerable and you need to be open to criticism. And I'm, I have had people criticize and say, like, this isn't a challenge you can solve. And I'm okay with that because that makes me want to solve it even more. So that's been, it's been a much longer journey. A lot of very late nights waiting for next week. I don't know if I'll sleep. Um, oh my goodness, yeah. I don't know if any of us are going to sleep. We're all just going to be on Twitter, like having a freak out on a nightly basis. Uh, yeah. It's been a fun journey. Oh, that's awesome, Becky. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here and sharing, you know, your journey. And I think a lot of things that like Bruce was saying and, and Joe and all of us can relate to is just being able to put yourself out there. And sometimes that's not very easy at all because you don't know these people, you know what they do, but I mean, you're, you're really opening yourself up to that. And sometimes that can be very, very difficult, but I think in anything, you know, this is a learning experience and just really going out there and like Bruce was saying, just everybody connecting with one another, helping each other out and, and kind of that's the way that it should be. And if we can do that, I think, you know, a lot of, like you said, being part of the change, it would be a significant change as it is, there, there is a lot of change, but we may not see it at least it, it, at our level or maybe in our area, but there is change going. And if we can get more people on board and, and to do those things uh, and collaborate, definitely that change will take place. But that's really awesome, Becky. I really appreciate you uh, being here and taking the time out of your day to share this. And um, it, you know, I, that was great advice too, as well. You know, that you're sharing with future GEIs, any of you that are out there that are planning that you missed this year, maybe planning for next year. I mean, Becky just gave you a nice formula that, you know, helped her out. And all of us that are here today are going to share with you uh, what we did so we can fill out our application and put it in there. And I think that you're going to see everybody that's listening and watching that we all kind of went through similar process. And, and this is just something that for you to know that when you do apply for next year, something that you'll be ready for, get that mentality, that mindset, and you just go out there and you go for it. So that's really great. Anybody else want to add anything? Guys. The only thing to add, which I said before, is like get over the hump of, you know, DM and go find other people. And I was like eight for eight. Like every single person is going to help you if they are a Google innovator, you know. So definitely don't be afraid to ask other people to help you. And if you don't understand things, it's perfectly fine, um, you know, to ask them. And, you know, that's how everything is set up now. So if you did this application and you didn't talk to anyone and you just did it and handed it in, you still might get in, but I think you increase your chances the more people you connect with. I also think it's important, like you mentioned, like put yourself out there. And one of the things that's really hard is like, you don't know if you're going to get into the academy. So I've been very open in saying like, this is my third time applying. So I'm not, this is not my first time applying. And every single time I apply, like when this time comes around, like my whole Twitter feed is just taken over by Google Innovator Academy stuff and everybody sees it. Like past students, colleagues, I teach PD, ed tech PD in a school district that's pre-K to 12 with 10 buildings. So like all of these people look to me to kind of know everything, which nobody knows everything, but 
I almost feel like on top of putting myself out there to learn from others and share and grow with others, I feel like I'm also setting a good example for the people I work with, the kids I teach um, and everybody else. Like it's, you're not always going to get what you're going for, but like failing forward is such an important life lesson. And that's another reason to put yourself out there. Awesome. No, I completely agree. And, and going to, the, okay, just by show of hands, so you know, how many of you, is this your first time applying? How many of you here today? All right. Wow. We've got, yeah, five. All right, Joe, how many times is, have you applied? Uh, this will be my second time. So the way I kind of fell into uh, applying last time, uh, my first time, I had done um, Google Trainer uh, probably about four years ago now when I had first gotten into uh, an instructional role. Just so that everybody knows, I actually come from a tech background. So I've been doing tech support for the past 10 years. I worked at Apple doing the Genius Bar thing for a number of years. And then I transitioned into education as just a help desk technician. Um, and when I was at my first school, I just fell in love. The minute school started and the kids started coming in and giving me high fives in the hallways, I was like, wow, this is where I want to be for the rest of my life. So at that moment, I went, wow, a lot of these teachers have all this amazing technology, but they really don't know what to do with it. And I know all this stuff about technology. So maybe we can kind of get together and combine what they know about education, what I know about technology, and kind of come up with some really cool ideas that we can bring into the classroom and into the schools. Uh, and after doing that for a few years, I transitioned and I became an instructional coach for technology. So with doing that, um, my coworker, um, Kara Flubman, Miss Edutech on Twitter, shout out to her. Uh, we both applied last year for Innovator and she actually got in for NYC 19. Uh, I think uh, Alicia applied for that as well. So that kind of being on that kind of edge of your seat waiting and then watching my coworker get in and go through the whole process kind of really lit that fire underneath me even more like, oh my God, the, everything I heard when she got back was innovator this, innovator that. And this was amazing. And that was amazing. And you're not going to believe the people that I met and the, the impact they had on me. I'm like, I got to get in. So since then, I've just been kind of, again, same as everyone. How might we this? How might we that? How might, and just going back and forth over the year, like looking at all these challenges in education when originally the challenge that I saw, I kind of looked completely over it was a lot of people wanted a technician that was doing the things that I was doing originally and they didn't have it. I went, that's it right there. And so it kind of just clicked. So here we are. Awesome. Well, that's great. So yeah. And so Alicia, you said this isn't your, this is what your second time, third time you said? Ah, okay. Yeah, for myself, this will be my second time. Oh, tell, tell us a little bit about that, Alicia. How, how's that been? So my first time applying was DC in 2017. So it was a different program. We It wasn't how might we, it was, you kind of pitched a project. So it was very different. Um, and I solved my whole problem before I even submitted my application. Like I said, it was very different. I spent a ton of time on it. Um, I did ask for help from innovators, but it was a smaller pool at the time. Um, I did obviously did not get in, but I knew before I applied, I was like, I'm definitely getting in. Um, and then I didn't, and that was shocking. Um, and then this, uh, for NYC, it's kind of when I connected with 
a bunch of people, including Carlos, like we had our own little side chat and we created the NYC 19 while we wait chat. And like, that's, I know Joe was a big part of it and we had a lot of fun in it. And like, it was a group of, I think five of us that were kind of running that whole thing and only one out of five got in. At first we were like, wow, we're all doing this. Like, this is great. What if we all get in together? We can be a group. And like, we had these big plans and obviously that didn't work out. And I spent a ton of time on my application for that. This time around, I had about 30 different full-on applications like filled out with different challenges because I had a bajillion problems. And then I was in a really weird position this time because the challenges I was going with, I was really strong between two. And then they became kind of trendy because before we went COVID-19, my challenge was about, you know, online PD because that's, I do a lot of that in my district being one person in 10 buildings. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a trend. I don't want to do that. And then my other challenge was about um, just diverse authors and like hearing diverse speakers. And then I did not want to touch that as a trend for me because um, obviously I didn't like I am very committed to activism, too. And I didn't want to like jump on a bandwagon for that. So I was talking to like I see you put Lewis in here and like I I had to step away from it. So um I came up with a bajillion other challenges, asked for a ton of extra help. And then at 11 PM on the day it was due, <laughs> I changed my challenge again. <laughs> wow. So like my third video was like, not the best. I just truly did it on like Google slides and like recorded on Screencastify because I truly changed my challenge at 11 o'clock at night. Um, I don't, I spent a lot of time on this time around, but I was in different directions. I know with this whole quarantine thing, we're just going crazy. And I, um, yeah, so I, who knows what's going to happen this time. I had a really interesting journey this time. And I feel like I've learned more than ever during this application period because I did connect with so many people. Although, like I said, I did change it the last hour. Um, so we'll see. It's been a oh, journey. That's interesting. Yeah. Just uh, for myself, this is my second time applying. And the first time, I, like I mentioned, uh, you know, in one of the Twitter chats uh, comments, it's like, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I know what I don't know. And now, you know, I can go from there. But my first year, like, honestly, I, I just kind of saw people like, okay, innovator, I was like, okay, let me give it a shot. And to me, I thought it was very similar to like the, the trainer video and trainer certification. So I just kind of went in there. And again, not knowing that you're supposed to create a challenge that you're not supposed to find a solution to. Well, I ended up finding a solution to it. And so I didn't get in. But again, I I didn't know that what it really took because at that time I wasn't as connected educator as I am now. So when I posted that on Twitter, I posted the, sorry, you didn't get in. All of a sudden I got a a DM from uh, an innovator, former innovator, who's like, hey, you know, I saw that you had applied and, you know, I'll be more than happy to help you out the next time when this happens, you know, and then I got another DM and there are people that, you know, I, I follow on Twitter, but never really, you know, had a conversation with, but I, I just enjoyed the fact that people from the innovator community just kind of see these things and say, hey, you know what, I, I, you know, they understand what a challenge can be because some of them, they didn't get in on their first time. Some of them got in their second, third, fourth, I think Frederick said it, he applied what six times or seven times, you know. So I mean, it's perseverance. You're failing forward. You're going and getting feedback. And so this year, like you said, being able to put yourself out there and contacting people, interviewing, like, what can I do different? Do you think this problem is correct? 
and so on. It, it's a uh, it's a lot of work that goes into it, but in the end, you know, you're trying to kind of solve a problem but not have a solution for you know which is you know sometimes difficult for a lot of us that are you know we we always have to find a solution before we go talk to our boss so we kind of have to work backwards and just come with an idea but no solution so it's been a tough process but I think the best thing if anything that I've learned is just being able to connect with like-minded educators such as yourselves that are here today helping inspire not only myself but I feel inspired just by because of what you're sharing. And now that we're connected, it's kind of you build that bond that later on, whatever the outcome is, you can reach out to one another and say, hey, you know, check, can you look over my form? And we learn from those past experiences and then we kind of start bringing those things together. And I think that's something that's wonderful. So uh, yeah, I'm just really excited about that. So, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, who else, anybody want to be the next one who wants to share their their process. I know uh, kind of Joe, you went a little bit in there uh, on it already. Uh, anything else you'd like to add as far as maybe just, you know, some advice, you know, to future GEIs as well? Very similar to like what you were saying, just you don't know what you didn't know. So the first time around, I took it very much like you did the trainer application. All right, I'll put a video together. I'll answer some questions. No big deal. I got a good challenge. Just don't put an answer in for the challenge kind of thing. Um, I didn't really look at um, any of the webinars that happened ahead of time that were provided to kind of walk you through the, the um, process of coming up with your how might we and coming up with your challenge and interviewing all those things that were available um, to help that you just didn't know about. So I, I totally agree with you on that. You don't know what you don't know. So after going through it that first time, this time I checked out the webinars and they were popping on. Um, been a part last year, the Google Innovator chat, met a lot of innovators that were popping in there at the time, um, wishing everybody good luck and things like that. And then making those connections from last year and then being able to carry them over into this application process and use those individuals as um, for feedback on my application and sharing and getting as many eyes on it. And then I think the interview process of something I didn't really take that interview this time around this year for uh, to help me kind of focus my challenge and my how might we that interview really helped me fine tune a lot of what um, I was looking for uh, the teacher I, I forget what the question might have been but it was something along the lines of what are you looking for in your IT professional and the the one word that she said uh, the few words that she said was I want someone that works alongside me not for me, not works in the same building. I want someone that works alongside me and my students. And I went, wow, that that is it right there. So many IT professionals just come, pop in and out, fix it when you're not there. And you don't, you don't really have that relationship or bond with them. And it's a huge miss, I feel like, in the tech support community that we could really make an impact on the relationships with teachers and students and how tech's being used. So that's how I kind of really honed in on my how might we, which is, I'll share that, how might we inspire and motivate IT professionals to play a bigger role in the use of technology and education? And so again, what you don't know, what you don't know. So for those that are applying the first time and you, you don't get in, take everything in that you learn from that first experience and throw it all into that next one. This way it comes out 
bigger and better than you did the first time. That's awesome, Joe. Thank you for, for that. And I just wanted to highlight again, Mary Manzano's here and she put this right here, which I think was great. You know, thank you, Mary, for joining us here on our show. It says really enlightening to hear all of your experiences during the journey to apply for Innovator. Just keep at it. Marrying yourself to a problem can make us vulnerable, but there are more. Uh, the, but the more open we are to understanding about the issue, the better able to the better able we will be to solve it. So that's something that's great. So thank you, Mary, for joining us. I really appreciate you being here, and thank you for all the inspiration that you bring to us too, as well as you know, a lot of us probably follow you on Twitter as well, and we follow all the innovators and just trying to learn from every single one of you. So thank you, and Joe. I mean, that, that's really awesome, just the, the way that you describe that process and going through those uh, those experiences, like, you know, like you and I, like we kind of went through it like it was like a, a trainer uh, video, but it really wasn't. And just really taking it to that next level now and, and knowing now what you need to do. So that's something that's great. How about Tina? Tina's joining us from India. Tina, you want to go ahead and share uh, your journey here through the innovator process? Well, I've been a Google certified trainer for like five years, but I I was like really scared to be an innovator because I will be recording a video and I don't really want to show myself. I was like, it's kind of different when you're doing PD because you're not focusing on looking at yourself and you're not always staring at your own, you know, self. And I'm like, I'm super conscious how am I looking and this and that. and. And also I feel like um, some of the stumbling blocks that I found was like, one, I feel like I'm I'm not sure if, if the challenges that I am thinking of are not yet solved. You know, like there are so many great innovators out there and they have done amazing things already. And I was like, what else do we need to solve? And so like until the very last minute, I, I like, a lot of you guys, I kept changing my challenges and my how might we and I'm like, sometimes they are not even connecting. So I'm like, um, so when I when I'm giving my my videos and then my my how might we some of my friends and other innovators were like saying, uh, actually, your video and your challenges and your how we are not yet connected to each other. So they're like, all over the place. So I was like scrambling on, oh, and also it's like, who would be my focus? Am I gonna help the students? Am I gonna help the parents? Am I gonna help the leadership team or educators? I was like, who do I really wanna focus on? Because it's like, all of us, we want to help the educational system, like in general, but it's like, we need to focus on who our intended audience will be like who is our priority and i was like okay then i'm gonna focus on educator but then i suddenly switch and i said okay i'm gonna focus on students because i feel like we can assess their capacity their their skills their concepts the the whatever knowledge they are um you know, learning, but then how are we assessing their character, especially now that we are doing remote learning? So that became my focus. I was like, how do we assess this character learning? Are they really, you know, supported in terms of that and not just, you know, developing their skills and their concepts? So then I uh, filtered it down to 
my how might we became how might we encourage character learning during online classes so i was like okay so i'm just gonna focus on that and that became my how might we <laughs> oh well that's awesome tina for sharing all of that and uh but what, what are some things too that you can maybe for future geis you know that are out there and from your learning experience and i say i see you very active in the chat and i must say thank you for you know really kind of putting yourself out there and for everybody that's here in the chat putting yourself out there getting people to know you and just really connecting and building that bond but i must say i really enjoyed the video of you playing the ukulele that was really <laughs> cool so i really enjoyed that thank you for sharing that that's awesome and when you said i, I taught myself watching youtube I was like, that's great. I mean, that's wonderful. There's nothing that anybody can't do by watching a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, what I will suggest to others will be just don't be afraid to take the risk. You know, it's like you will never succeed if you don't try. So it's like just just do it. And then if if you fail, do it again. If you fail, do it again and again and again. Yeah. So that's basically my my, you know, my two cents, I guess. <laughs> Just keep on connecting and then keep on, you know, trying, taking the risk and we will get there, hopefully. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's wonderful. Like you said, you know, one of the things at the end, you know, trying and trying and trying and, you know, sometimes it, it could take more than once and, you know, sometimes it becomes, uh, you know, something difficult at times when uh, we don't get or see the answer that we'd like to get. But, it's a growing experience. Like you said, you just go back and, and you do it again for the following year and so on. So, you know, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Angela, we'll kind of, we'll go with you, Angela. How about yourself? How are you doing today? Go ahead and uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your, also your process and uh, in applying. Okay, Alfonso, thanks for having me. First of all, this is awesome. I was so excited. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for being here. I, mean, I really appreciate it because I, you know, I follow you a lot too on, on Twitter and on LinkedIn and I love the work that you do. So thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you. Thank you. I must say when we were talking about, was this our first time applying for Innovator? Um, this was my first time actually applying, pushing the button. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I think tell us I about actually, that. Yeah. yeah tell us about that because that's interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think I would actually applied in my head a couple of years before, you know, each year, a couple of years. I'm serious. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, okay, so I became a Google certified trainer, right? And my background is, I have a corporate background. I'm a corporate trainer, right? I uh, worked for the corporation, decided to, when I had my son, to be at home with him. So he's in school. I'm getting involved in school. I have a computer science background. I said, you know what? Uh, Google for Education, I kind of found out about it. And I started doing a lot of volunteer mommy stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to get my Google certification so I can help the school. <laughs> right? You know, um, because they had just... Um, gotten into being a Google for Education school. So I said, I want to come in and be a trainer and I've got all this, you know, tech background and this would be great. So I did that. And so when I got my training certification, that was one thing. And then I saw Innovator and, you know, as educators, we're going to go and we're going to try to get all we can. When we see there's another goal, we're like reaching for it. I'm mm -hmm. like, Innovator, that's great. But I just had the imposter syndrome. I felt like because I wasn't a K through 12 teacher, that I didn't have the it factor, you know, to apply for Innovator. So I struggled with that, but I had a really great problem because my deal with, and this goes into the purpose of my application, 
I'm a parent, right? My son is now going into sixth grade. He's 11 years old. And I've watched him through that process. I've watched um, the, the teachers decide to get the Chromebooks, you know, now we're one-to-one, but when I started, he didn't, his class didn't have Chromebooks, his grade didn't, and other grades did. I'm like, you know what, that's not really cool. I don't like that. I want my kid to have a Chromebook, you know? So I started teaching him things at home and I'm like, okay, now that we're one-to-one, all my mommy friend parents are freaking out because they're like, I don't know what to do with these Chromebooks. (laughs) I don't know how to help my kid with this technology. And also, I didn't mention that I teach at the community college here locally. So I teach a lot of working adults in the you know, um, job market, and they need the skills as well. So I'm thinking here, there's this great tool called Google for Education with these wonderful resources. There are these people outside of the K through 12 system, right? That could work together with the kids when they come home to be able to support <laughs> the parents, I mean, be able to support the teachers and everyone in the school system. I I think it's just a wonderful circle. So me being an outsider is what I call myself because I'm not, you know, in the teaching education field in K through 12. I bring that to the table and I feel like I'm the bridge to that problem. So I'm like, this is a great innovator problem. I just don't know how to present it in a way that I felt like it would get the you know, validity or, mm-hmm. or, or verification, validation, whatever the word I'm looking for, to be qualified as a project. So I really had to grow into that. So uh, fast forward two years later, I had the experience with working with the community and really getting a feel as, you know, how libraries, how nonprofits, how homeschools, how whoever is dealing with the child at home, how they feel about Google for Education. And now I have that knowledge. And this year, with that knowledge and experience, I felt like I had enough to say, okay, this is a valid problem. And then even with that, I felt like the, um, uh, the I felt the imposter syndrome kind of set in, you know, and I'm like, uh, I don't really, uh, you know, am I googly enough? And I can be really googly, I'm googly, you know, <laughs> is it googly enough, you know, and all of that. And, and, but when I got involved, the thing that made the difference, and this is really true, the thing that made the difference this year with me pushing the button was when I got into that, you know, I was going to the GGs and I'm like, oh, GGs have come back to life. This is great. Started getting involved there. And then the innovator chat. And I'm like, okay, every time I'd leave a chat or a webinar, I'd get really inspired. And I said, okay, I'm going to push through and I'm going to do this. And I sent my, um, you know, on the Google Docs, I'd written up everything. And I just, I'm going to put it out here and see what people think, just kind of get a feeler before I push the button. And the support made the difference. Not only, and this is what really got me, I said, I want to be in in that group because it was the support from the innovators that had the knowledge, right, and the expertise, but it was also the support from uh, my colleagues, my competitors, I'd say, right, you know, in the corporate world, you say a competition, don't show up what you got, you know, I'm like, why would I put my stuff out there, someone might steal my idea, I'm like, duh, this is different, (laughs) so that really made a statement to me, and it said that this is, it's almost like everybody wanted me to win. Everybody wanted to give feedback. Everybody wanted to, you know, kind of participate in me in this process. And I'm like, you know what, that's, that said something in and of itself. And I said, there's no better group I'd want to be a part of than people that are going to help you. And they're applying themselves, right? (laughs) And they're giving you feedback. I'm like, that is just incredible. So I was really moved by that. and, And that was what encouraged me to push the button. 
Man, that is amazing. So uh, guys, she mentioned something here, imposter syndrome. That is a real thing. It really is. And I, I don't know, uh, just the way that you experience that, like you said, you know, maybe in your head, you had already applied several times and then you're there to push the button and you just stop yourself because am I good enough? Am I? And that is a real thing. And I know that I first heard that term when I started joining the, the chats with uh, Leslie Altman. So big shout out to Leslie when she was doing the innovator chats and learning about imposter syndrome. And then the more that innovators uh, got involved in the chats and then, uh, you know, being part of Global GG and learning that term, I in my mind, I knew that it existed because they mentioned it, but it isn't until you really experience it that you know what it is. And and that's something that maybe some of you guys hear also as well. Like you mentioned, it, it comes at you at that last minute before you hit submit or going out there and, and just like, is it good enough? Is it good enough? Yes. So uh, yeah, it's just something that definitely we have to overcome there. But Angela, thank you. That's awesome. A thank great you. story. I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, let's go with Casey also. Casey, I know you've been a little quiet there because we're kind of taking turns, but <laughs> thank you for being here on our show today and just really just putting yourself out there and just sharing you know, your experience through this uh, application process. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from for our audience members that may just be joining. Absolutely. Thank you very much for, for having me. Um, uh, like, uh, um everybody else i think i'm trying to step outside my comfort zone here a little bit so uh, uh first time i've ever done anything like this so uh, uh thanks for being uh taking it easy on the newbie um i am from canton ohio uh, um, yeah, you're good. and i am uh, uh principal at jackson memorial middle school um i guess my big why for uh, jumping in on the the google uh, innovator uh, route is that I always pictured myself when I was a teacher as being a very innovative teacher. Uh, I'm going into uh, my uh, fourth year as a building principal, um, sixth year as, a, as an administrator. And I feel like I have uh, tried in a lot of ways to be a problem solver on the back end. Um, and I, I wanna continually try to lead from the front and try to uh, put myself out there because I'm not asking teachers to do that. I need to be able to and be willing to do that myself. Um, so that I, I know that's probably uh, uh, varies a little bit from the answer that I put uh, on the form and, and those types of things. But um, just in, in really really thinking about it, that's that's where I'm at right now. Um, in COVID-19, uh, 2020 world, I uh, like everybody else, I think kind of feels um, at least partially in the back of our minds, uh, you know, a little helpless as to what we can do and, and um, you know, not unsure of where we're going to go. I mean, as an administrator right now, we're in the midst of trying to figure out what it looks like with kids back in our building. So um, I, to me, this was kind of a, a side project for me. Um, it's probably sounds bad coming out, but but in in terms of this is a this is a way on one side of my brain that I can really focus in on how can I better myself as an educator and in turn be able to um, set an example for uh, the teachers that that I work with every day. Um, I take a lot from them, and so I'm trying to find a way to to um, again inspire change, try to try to lead from the front and, and try to move forward as an educator. Um, as far as uh, my uh, how might we question, uh, it's how might we enable students to have their voice uh, heard in a meaningful way. 
Uh, as a middle school principal, so many times I've got I've got kids in my office that I'm having tough conversations with, and a lot of times I'll ask them, you know, what do you want to do when you're done with school? What do you want to do? Uh, you know, what's your goal? And you know, I think when I was a kid, it used to be um, that I, you know, I want to be a pro athlete, or I want to, um, you know, run a company, or I want to, you know, do this or that. By and large, the biggest uh, response that I get from kids is, I want to be an influencer. I want to be on YouTube. I want people to watch me. And, and so our kids, it's very important to them. They want to have a voice and they want to be heard. And I feel like so many times on the side, we kind of just slip in there that we want them to be responsible with how they're, uh, with how they're voicing their opinions, with how they're talking about what they want to do and what they want to be. And we give them all these tools. We hand them a cell phone that they can get on Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, um, Snapchat, all these different things where they're trying to gather as many viewers and as many likes as they can and get as many followers as they can. But I feel like we need to uh, really enable them to have their voice heard in a meaningful way, in a positive way that's not going to come back to bite them, uh, you know, 10, 15 years down the road when they're applying for for positions. So that's, that's my, my question that I've got out there. Um, in my principal, you know, mind of if I'm in evaluating a classroom or observing a classroom and I'm talking to a teacher about their PBL essential question, I'm picking that apart like crazy, but it's one of those things where I'm just, I'm putting it out there. And then, um, you know, I, I, more than anything else in all of this, have learned so much just in a very short period of time, just following all of you and, and uh, listening to you, to you reading uh, different things that you have online. And, and uh, that's, that's kind of where, where I'm at with it. So um, hope that's what you're looking for. Alfonso, but, uh, no, that is awesome. You know, and, and really like all we're looking for is, is just, just us being us, just being real because you know, there's going to be other people that are out there that may be like, man, you know, I should have done this. Maybe I'm not like you, you have the imposter syndrome and things of that sort. But if, if there are any future GEIs out there, people that are interested, you know, get connected with your local GEG group, you know, contact anybody at Global GEG, they'll be more than willing to help and uh, they can guide you and give you some advice because they're the ones that have already been there. Uh, you can contact us, you know, We've got experience now, and, and if we can't figure it out, we'll definitely help you lead you to somebody that can help you with that. And that's what it's all about, just connecting and just being real. You know, the, you know, innovators are just real people that had some real problems that, that, were, that they were seeing that they wanted to find a solution for. And so I just really appreciate everybody's openness here and sharing. And again, just uh, putting yourself out there uh, here in front of a national audience or a global audience too, that may be watching, but definitely I'm sure that there are many people that are going to be inspired by everything that you guys have shared with us here this morning. So thank you for that. And so um, I know we had a couple of people that uh, weren't here that couldn't join us, but they might be hopping on and so on, but uh, in a little bit, but I just kind of wanted to share just my story now. I'll just uh, you, what happened with me is I, I, I work as an instructional technologist. And so the problem for me was very just from the heart. And it just really, you know, connected myself back to when I was a little kid. And being an instructional technologist, I work with parents as well. So kind of like uh, Angela was saying, maybe just kind of be, being a bridge. 
I kind of feel that way with being able to communicate with parents and then communicate that with teachers and then see what we can do so everybody can be connected. Uh, growing up as a son of immigrant parents who didn't know any English, uh, the memories that that really just are in my head, the most that are always there is when my teacher would assign a reading assignment and I had a reading log and the reading log is they would tell us, you know, because I didn't learn English until I was in uh, first grade. So when I kind of started practicing a little bit more, I would have to read for my parents. And at that time, it was all English books that I had to read. So I remember in, in my mind, and I still see that picture and even just telling the story, just my parents sitting in two chairs right in front of me, just looking at me as I'm reading a book and I'm looking at them and I know that they don't know what I'm reading. They're just, you know, smiling, nodding. I don't know what may be going through their head. Maybe just kind of like, I'm proud that he's he's going to have a future. I'm proud that, you know. So I saw the obstacles that my parents had to overcome to find resources to help, um, you know, show me what is right and what is wrong in the culture that we live in. And, and again, uh, the way that I, somebody said it, it's like you, and I had a conversation with Christina Holzweiss last week, and she kind of had a similar story. She's saying like, we, we are our parents' American dream because she had a similar story. So it, it's kind of like in that sense. So growing up, you know, I started feeling like I was better than my parents because I knew English and I would be just a, a terrible kid. I'm being an only child. I felt very empowered. And I was like, you know, I know everything, you know, nothing because I know the language. So going back to those memories to where I am now and working with parents, parents that are trying to look for resources to help their students or their children, I should say, uh, dealing with digital citizenship. You know, we live in a, in a connected era where cell phones, you've got social media, TikToks, Instagrams, all of those things that parents may not know what their child may be doing. And because those parents that I work with are Spanish speaking parents. And so their concern is, I would get calls, Mr. Mendoza, I need to find resources that I can understand so I can teach my children what is correct, it's digital citizenship, how not to put out information, how, you know, protect their digital footprint because I don't want them to lose out on scholarships or I don't want them, you know, to be on one day they may get a scholarship and then a tweet comes out or a picture comes out and then they lose all of that. And so my how might we statement just kind of reminded me of where I was at and seeing now that problem through a different lens, but it's still the same problem now in a digital age. So my how might we statement is how might we make digital citizenship resources more accessible for non-native speaking parents to help protect their children's digital footprint. So that's my how might we statement based on kind of a little bit of my, my background and what I see and now what I see today. So um, imposter syndrome was real because even when I, I had the application filled out, I, I was hesitant to submit, you know, I was like, I felt kind of like what Angela was stating. And so I finally just went ahead and did it. And uh, I know some of you might've seen that video that I pull, uh, put up, just me recording myself, just having submitted and just really sharing as kind of like 
I felt like I kind of overcame that little obstacle of really putting myself out there. And it was just as an encouragement to others that may be feeling the same way or, you know, for whoever it is that needed to hear that, that, you know, you just really need to put out your, yourself out there. And I think that's been a common message that we've seen or, or heard, you know, just losing that fear, putting yourself out there and really just making those connections. So um, my advice uh, for people that are going to be applying in the future is really just go for it. Go for it. Don't don't second guess yourself because every single one of you has more than you may think that you have to offer. Every single one of you has something special that you can bring to the table and to any table and just really make something great happen. And just as a collective, we don't all have the answers, but as a group, like better together, we can all find some amazing answers and more than one way to find a pro or solution to a problem. So really just put yourself out there, contact people at global GEGs and in your local GEG, DM innovators, ask them, hey, do you have five minutes to, to meet with me or just to read my application, my problem statement? And I really want to thank some of the, the members from Global GEG that helped me through my process and um, gave me some great feedback. And I definitely value that. And uh, so it's just been a, a great experience for, for me and a learning experience going like what, what Joe and I were talking about earlier, not knowing, you know, not knowing what I didn't know and now knowing what I didn't know makes a big difference when you make the, do that application process. So, yeah. So that's kind of my, my uh, kind of story here as far as this year applying for VIA 20. <laughs> Bruce, did you get to share Bruce? Uh, no, not yet. All right. So, okay, let's go ahead and go with Bruce then. I mean, first of all, I just want to thank everybody for being here. And, you know, one phrase that you used before, Alfonso, like it isn't really PLN, PLF of personal learning family because we thought of this idea two days ago. We put it out there and DM'd everybody. And now two days later, we're meeting with everybody online here, which is which is amazing. And, you know, obviously it's a numbers game. You know, everyone's not going to get in, but I think we're still all going to benefit from getting to know each other and also just keep, you know, growing, uh, growing our network. For me, applying um, a big part of it, honestly, was that I don't have to go anyplace. Like some of these places, as exciting as they sound, to go to other parts of the world, or I'm even close to New York City, to go into New York City for three days and pay for the hotel and travel and everything else. Um, one of the things appealing to me with the VIA 20 was I could just be at home and I could do you know the whole thing online and everybody is is remote learning now. So that was like really appealing to me and also not to be away, you know, from my family for a long time to kind of be at home and I could do I could do the whole thing online. And that kind of sparked me a little bit. I had been interested in it before, but I was always like, you know, even though it sounds appealing to go to Australia or go to here or go to there, just the reality of it, if you if you did get it to go travel, you know, to those different places. Um, the question that I had for mine was um, how might we create a learning environment that makes every single student feel special? regardless if we're in the classroom or outside of the classroom. And I think all of us do, I do, before my students come in my classroom, I'm outside my classroom, I'm smiling at them, I'm welcoming them into the classroom and you know, tr try to make them feel special every single day that someone cares about them. And one of the things that I've learned is you never know, you know what you're going to say to someone 
it might not have an effect on them that day. It might be in a week, a month, and even terrific stories. It might be in a couple of years that they come back and say, you know, thank you for listening to me or talking to me about this. And it might have nothing to do, you know, with the curriculum at all, just showing that you really care about them. So my question came from, I'm assuming that we're going to be on remote learning. Hopefully we get back in our classrooms, but who knows? But how can I take that type of, hello, how are you doing? Make every single student feel special. And I don't know the answer to this one, but how do you do that remotely when mm -hmm. we're on Zoom, when I'm doing my classes, they're asynchronous. You know, some students are showing up, some students aren't showing up for a variety of different reasons. And really like that personal connection, how do you create it if you're going to be doing remote learning? And beyond that, they're gonna be working remotely eventually like in their job. So how can they even create that in their life to, you know, made to be feel, uh, you know, feel special. Um, when I came to do my video, I actually thought of like my first grade teacher still the person that made me feel special and eventually, you know, go into teaching and I would go by the town where I grew up and I'd be going home from high school and I still see that white car outside at like five or six o'clock at night. And this was a traditional, traditional like first grade teacher who she just stayed there, corrected all the papers, made sure to feel everybody to feel special because she put the, you know, time in and, you know, left just not like a happy face, but wrote comments to every single student and really put the time in. And I think everybody knows a special type of teacher that students went back years after years after years to, you know, visit with that teacher. And that's why a lot of times her car was there. She would have, you know, adults there, high school students there who wanted to just, you know, stop in to say hi to her. So that was the question that I came up with. I have no idea of the answer. I would rack my brains of, you know, coming up with how, if we were all in a room together right now, I think it would be a better experience. This is terrific being online, but all of the nonverbal things that you might be doing that you don't get those clues, uh, you know, when you're, when you're online, you know, doing this. And again, I just want to thank everybody for coming. I'm like, if, whether we get in or not, I'm totally psyched that within two days, we had all, you know, 10 and 12 of us come together and have a great conversation. And we are lifelong learners and whether we get in or not, the experience is going to be rich and we can bring that back to uh, our students in our schools. Awesome, Bruce. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Georgina. Georgina's joining us. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. I really appreciate it. How, How are you guys doing, doing today? Doing great. Yeah. Doing great. Just sharing our stories, sharing our, you know, what inspired us, sharing our how might we statements, sharing some of the, the barriers, something, you know, the imposter syndrome, things that we found difficult and how, you know, we reached out to others for help. So, now that you're here, you know, I'm putting you on the spot now, Georgina. So uh, hopefully you're doing great. And again, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. And uh, just, uh, again, you, you got the, the Google form, just what inspired you, what, you know, your how might we statement, and maybe some great advice through for that you can share with others through the process of the or the application process, and maybe some uh, advice also for future applicants as well. Yeah, sure. So, which one of those do you want me to start with? Oh, in any order, Georgina. <laughs> this is this is it. It's very informal. We're just here, just chatting and just sharing our stories. <laughs> okay, cool. So, I'm really excited. It's my first time applying for a Google Innovator. Um, it's not the first time I heard about the program, though. I was about to. Um, apply last year for the London cohort. And then um, we actually moved countries. So I relocated from Egypt all the way to Jordan. And so that was right in the middle of like the application deadline for the country that I was going to be applying for. Um, so I kind of ended up um, 
not being able to for obvious reasons. Um, and so, yeah, I was going to be applying for Mexico, I think was the cohort and then COVID hit. So we didn't obviously get to there. So VIA is on the table and I'm really excited about that. Um, my uh, application is all about um, a leadership focus. And so my idea is that um, all the decisions related to education technology integration kind of sit at the big tables. And I would like to um, try to help leaders with that. And so my how might we statement is how might we equip senior school leaders um, so they can empower their communities with the 21st century um, teaching and learning skills in authentic and meaningful ways. And so looking at the community and a larger scale and how can we help um, leaders with that. So um, obviously there's, I spent a lot of time um, interviewing different principals from around the world. And so it's obviously got a lot of different challenges inside that how might we statement and a lot of different takes onto the different um, sub barriers, if you would, that go under that. So it's a quite a, a big one to tackle, but um, I'm looking forward to it. As far as the application process goes, um, I really enjoyed it. I've been working on it for three months. And so um, I guess the barriers um, that I ran into was really time because as director of learning technology, my role is to support the entire school organization during the time of COVID. Um, and so the time was really of the essence for my actual work work. So it was difficult to get those interviews in. And so a lot of them happened on weekends. Um, and then time zones were obviously an issue for me as well because I'm in the Middle East. And if many of you know who I am, you already know I struggle with time zones to start with. Um, so yeah, trying to get those done was also a bit of a challenge. I think too, like after every interview you have, like there's new ideas brought to the table, right? New challenges from new senior leaders. And so then it makes you think again about your how, how might we statement and am I focused enough on the right part of the big barrier Barrier. And so you have to take a look at all your interviews and ask like, and see what are the main things that pop out um, and how might you tackle focal points? You know, what are the main things that you can try and tackle in your how might we statement? So right up until the last day, after like more than a dozen interviews, I was still <laughs> tweaking the how might we statement. Um, so yeah. Awesome. So, well, now for people that are inspiring, you know, or future GIs, maybe for next year that are going to want to apply in the application process, maybe something held them back, you know, things of that sort, what would be some of the advice that you would give them uh, that would help them through, like, based on your experience? So what would you, uh, you know, give them some key points, things to do, you know? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, for those of you who are applying that maybe not may not feel like, oh, do I have all the right skills? And um, do I have like the camera happiness to be able to create these awesome videos? And oh, I don't have these awesome Google bubbles that Georgina has behind her in her <laughs> backdrop. And so my advice is it's, it's not about that. It's not about the flash and it's not about how awesome your video turns out. It's about how much do you own your problem? And so you need to find a problem that really drives you crazy in education something that you're able to look every day and be like, oh, that totally needs fixing or man, this would really help teachers or students. So as long as you feel like you own that problem, like you know it inside out, back to front, um, and you can then write your application based on your 
passion to solve that problem, then you're in, in good hands. Um, I guess some tips that other innovators had given me along the way were like, stay away from the word solution altogether. <laughs> Don't try to offer any solutions. Um, and that can be tricky when you're making your video because you want to say like, oh, so let's try and do this. But actually, you have to just talk about the actual challenge itself. Um, so, yeah, my tip would be don't be intimidated by all the other videos that you've seen out there or the awesome Google Innovator <laughs> website that's on Facebook and whatnot. Um, just find something that you're really passionate about and like give it your all if you're if you really want to, you know, try to solve that problem, then that will be your driving force, basically. I have one of like the simplest tips that when I started doing it, if I were doing the application again, I kept like copying and pasting the text into another tab to do the word count. I went to word count <laughs> and it counted like the whole, the whole document. And I normally, it doesn't matter how many words or characters that I use. And then my 19 year old daughter is like, if you just like highlighted it, we'll tell you the number of words that <laughs> are in like the word count. So I, I was getting an accurate word count by keep opening up another tab. So I don't know if I had to do the application again, start with that word count in Google yeah. Docs. And <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a tool that I don't need to use because normally I'm not writing in 20 words at a time. But um, yeah, it was pretty cool. You highlight it, it tells you that exact number of words and the whole thing. And um, believe me, that's not the biggest deal in the world, but if I were doing it over again, I wouldn't keep opening up that tab to another site, copying and pasting back and forth to tell me uh, how many words I was using. Or also like check that checkbox so that get, you permanently see the words up while you're typing. It's funny, like I, I remember know. saying in a webinar, they were, and this is something that stuck out to me. They were saying like, yeah, the word count is frustrating because you know you have a lot to say, but it also helps with communication. Cause like I find, I have a theater background. Um, so I find I can be very wordy and I think having to limit it just even Innovator Academy aside, like helps me kind of work on my own communication. Yes. Um, so it's an interesting exercise. Yes, yes, I, I agree. It sure was that word count was my favorite tool. And then of course, making sure checking for spelling and grammar and making sure that everything's there. And by the way, guys, I wanted to let you know too, big shout out to Georgina because I sent her my application too, and she gave me some great feedback that I did use. And so Georgina, I know that I haven't had a chance to actually see you or tweet you or anything, but now that you're here, I want to thank you. And because it shows what this community is about. I mean, to be able to reach out to somebody and even if they're at, like, I think Angela had mentioned something too, like, well, they're my competition or do this or do that. But, you know, for me to be able to do that and put myself out there, it's like, I want to see and I, you know what others are doing because you may find that you're sharing this with somebody that you see like, hey, you know, this person, they've, they've got these qualities that, you know, what kind of feedback can they give me to better my application? So I really want to thank you, Georgina, for that. That was really awesome of you. And also to Stephanie, to Luis and to Toby, uh, Doncaster and to everybody else, uh, Pedro Aparicio also as well from Mexico. All you guys, thank you, you know, because I know that somewhere along the line, we've communicated our forms with some of those innovators. So we definitely need to shoot them out a message and, and thank them personally, whether we're in or not. You know, they, the fact that they took their time to give us some constructive feedback and to learn from them, that is something that's definitely awesome. So thank you guys for everything that you've done. <laughs> Can I ask no, you guys thanks. how you answered a question? I'm sorry? 
there is a question that was new this time, this this cohort that I like it was it was a simple question. Joe, you're smiling and laughing. I feel like maybe you know what I'm talking about. It was the question Carlos asked last night in our future innovator chat. It was a new question this year. Yep. It was like what what G Suite feature do you oh, yeah. will come out and in five years you won't be able to live without it. Um, you should share it. I got I spent time on that. <laughs> I feel like I spent a lot of time on it. You know what? You know what I thought of, which I could totally see that Google Classroom five years from now will be all AI and will be all virtual. So we'll actually be in a classroom with our students remotely. And like Google Classroom 2025 is going to be like, if you don't have that, <laughs> then you're not going to be in the classroom with kids because AI, VR, all that good stuff is totally like trending. And I could see it just, you know what? Click a button and then virtually like we would all be in the same room. You know, we are in the same room now, but like with headsets and, you know, how cool would that have your Chromebook and also don't forget your headset today because we're all going to be in the same room. <laughs> That's awesome. Anybody else want to share what they put for that? <laughs> yeah, I, I went, um, you want to go, Alicia? Go for it. Georgina, I, who was it? <laughs> I think it Baby B, but yeah, no, I wanted to say, first of all, thanks to Fonzie for the shout out, but that's totally cool. My, um, and I also want to say to Bruce that I'm all over that AR VR thing. So when we were talking to product teams to feedback for like the Adobe products, we're always like, hey, look at the LMSs, there's Google Classroom and there's Canvas and there's all this stuff out there and you need to put that into VR. And so I think that is coming, Bruce. I think you're onto something. So shout out to you. Um, and then I also wanted to say like big shout out to the PLNs. So I think if I remember correctly, that my very first person I asked about my how might we statement was Stephanie Rothstein. I think there was like a group of people that I sent my my Twitter chat to. Oh, there she is. And um, yeah, and I think she was the very first one to like talk me through it. And I remember being very frustrated because I was like, well, I have a solution for these problems. And she was like, she had to remind me, well, you may have these solutions, but they're not out there in all these schools. And so therefore, they still exist and we need to think about why they're not working and therefore how do we create new how might we statements that could support further development for better solutions and so shout out to her and basically the point of PLN and there were people that also helped me with my application Fonzie when I submitted mine through the um the Google Innovator chat. Okay. And so I sent the link, yeah. And so shout out to Lisa Everett if she's on the call. Um, speaking many languages, grammar was obviously not my forte. So she was like, no comma, full stop here. And I was like, ah, I speak English. It's my first language, what's going on? But um, yeah, totally. So I definitely think that, you know, you, you should not be afraid to share and let other people help you, just like you said earlier, Fonzie, because if it wasn't for the PLN, then maybe I'd have submitted an application that didn't yeah. actually read well. So you never know, right? Um, and then for the AI comment, I wanted to say that I also had AI in my feature, but mine was a little bit, um, you know, on the line, I guess you could say, I was pushing it a little bit. And um, I was thinking that um, we would have a feature where, um, you know, an AI feature as well. But at the end, I had stated that the trick will be to teach AI not to impose. And so mm. um, we wanna make sure that as much as VR and AR and AI are here, that they still, you know, that there's lines. And so how do we keep that balance and that um, personal space, I guess, if you would. See, I think too, like the community is amazing, regardless if we get in or not, that 
I totally believe the saying of like the smartest person in the room is the room. And again, whether we get in or not, like we're in the room. You know, I, I had 10 people read my applications, all these different people who they're already innovators. And they're telling me, they're like, if you don't get in, you don't get in that it doesn't, the sun's going to, you know, come up tomorrow and everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we know it's a numbers game. It's difficult to get in. It reminds me of like interviewing for a job that you could be the best applicant. And if you're not exactly what they're looking for, <clears throat> you don't know what they're looking for. So you go in, you do your best. And I agree with everybody that, you know what? I think almost all teachers, they want to share things. They want to learn from one another. And now in times of COVID and remote learning, that's just multiplied by a hundred that, you know, everybody's online, everybody's home, everybody's helping each other. And there are so many different communities where they're doing it. And it kind of spilled over into this community too, that, you know, maybe in the past, I wouldn't have contacted eight different innovators. Maybe I just would have had one if I knew somebody, but here, because we've been online for months and months and months and, whether Twitter, Facebook, you're connecting with people. Um, even you haven't met them face to face, it doesn't matter. They're still going to help you and they're just gonna help you because it's the right thing to do. There's nothing in it for them besides just you know doing the right thing. Well, yeah. you guys went real big with that feature. Mine is simple. I just want a record button when you hit insert audio on slides. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. Uh, no, I kind of went along those lines, Joe. I, I went again, you know, I said, you know, I want audio comments in Google Docs, Google Slides, but I also want the record feature where you can record yourself without having to use any additional extensions. Everything is already built in and, uh, you know, students can, you know, do screen records for their teachers and, you know, vice versa without having any other extensions or those freemium extensions that will allow you to put comments in there, but then pull it 30 days or up, you gotta pay. So that, that's one of the features that I had suggested. If you, if you go to um, Clay Codes, I think who is an innovator, if you just uh, look up, I think it's claycodes.com, he has a bunch of extensions and he just came out with an extension two weeks ago, which I think is going to be a game changer. Yeah. You download the extension and then it puts a camera right He's into right. Google Slides and you embed the video right in it. And it's interesting, you know, what you were saying, Joe, because I'm like, man, could you do like an audio one too? Cause like, sometimes I just want to put an audio. I might not want to put a video. Just a quick, just a quick something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Tons of third party things like Cami and different ones have that oh, when you like all the time to get audio in. And it's like, you got to record, download it, upload it. I just want, when I go insert audio record and just boom, it saves the audio file to drive. It adds it into the slide and we're done. See, you guys, you guys went like practical, like, you know, wouldn't it be great to see the student and the teacher the same time in Google Classroom instead of logging in on another account? See, I went a little bit out there. But uh, I, I guess that's I, the I thing. Really practical too. I, I did, um, I think they're working towards this, but like I know with like the priority um, option in Google Drive and stuff, my thing was I wanted to see, and there's plenty of extensions and third-party apps and stuff, but a workflow component to Google Drive. Like right now I'm doing a lot of things that I've mentioned myself, like on sheets and docs and stuff. And like, I have my own little like workflow system, but I would love to see like an actual program built in. I feel like it would make my life a lot easier. I'm sick of having meetings. <laughs> I feel like all I do is have 14 meetings about 14 other meetings I have to have. So I <laughs> would be a great component. <laughs> for education, but anybody who's like working on a project collaboratively. You know what? That would be a great problem for an application. <laughs> there you go. Maybe, maybe after me, 2021. <laughs> how, how about yourself, Casey? What was, uh, what was, 
I, yeah, I, I took a shot in the dark. I just said that they were going to, um, that I felt like in the next five years we'll continue to um, integrate different translation services uh, just because we have so many um, folks from around the world that are working together now that that's going to continually be a, a need that continues to be improved. But, um, but definitely <laughs> what everybody else came up with. I went practical as well. I suggested a whole overhaul of that um, appointment calendar feature. And I think it's so outdated and, oh, I'm like, we could do so much better because you're using, again, third-party apps to do appointments and things to coordinate with your Google Calendar. If we have appointments, we live by appointments and schedules, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That thing is, oh, my God, get it out of here. <laughs> I have a Gmail address to join. It'd be perfect for parent conferences. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Tina? Would you like to share? Um, I feel like I really need to thank sure. a few people. Uh, first is like my my line manager. She's gonna be my line manager like in a few months time, like a few weeks from now, uh, because she's she's also an innovator. Uh, her name is Sandra Chow, and I sent her my video, and then she was giving me loads and loads of feedback and telling me that, okay, you can refine this. Maybe you can focus on like what we, what you really want to demonstrate and what your audience would be. I mean, you're like trying to solve problems for educators and for admin and for students. So you have to choose one. So the more that you were like trying to web out on all those things it's gonna be too complicated and you're like who is your who do you want to help really so it was really really impactful for me and also i would like to thank my student one of my senior students he was the one who took my video and he was so patient it looked it was like because i'm finding it difficult to talk and i was like my I'm getting out of my script and he was like you know he was he was coaching me he was telling me like miss have a little bit of enthusiasm you're like you look so tired you look like you're not motivated to do this have some energy miss energy and he was like doing all these things to pump me and I was like oh thank you so much I was like <laughs> it was so I, I felt like if if he was my child my child will be running away and she will be like i don't want to do this with you anymore mom but because <laughs> it was not he was like so patient with me he was like okay miss let's do it again okay miss another take and i was like yeah that was so amazing and then the one that i interviewed was his mom so it's like a family that was like helping me <laughs> so it was really good and i felt like I'm so blessed to be with with these people who are, you know, just willing to help me whenever. And yeah, so I'm so grateful for my student, Marco, and his mom, Maribel. And of course, my line manager, Sandra Chow. So thank you so much. And of course, my PLN, you guys are amazing. Thank you for all your feedback and encouragement. Thank you. Awesome, Tina. Thank you so much. I love your enthusiasm and everybody's enthusiasm here. I mean, 
we all went through some things. And you know what, what one thing that you were mentioning there is just the, the fact that you had that experience where they were helping you with those videos. I mean, you're building a bond, you're connecting with people. They're, they're buying into what you're passionate about. They're seeing that. And that can make a big difference in somebody. I mean, you're touching them in a, in, a, in a way that maybe say, hey, you know what? Look at what Miss Tina's doing. She's trying to go out there and she's putting herself out there. And that could be seen as an example for that one student and saying, hey, you know what? If, if my teacher is going out there and doing this, that means that I can go ahead and do this and I can you know, aspire to do great things. And so I think that that's wonderful that somewhere along the line, you know, for many of us that got some help and even with the feedback and all the PLNs and everything, you know, that keeps inspiring me to just continue to be better each and every day and strive uh, just to give back to the educator community and, and, and those that have helped me. Now I get to help others through those, the, the skill set or the knowledge that is passed down to us. So I think that that's something that's wonderful and it's really inspiring. So thank you for sharing that, Tina. That's really cool. You know, and we're really like modeling for our kids what we want them to do of collaboration. You know, there's not one person on here who said, I did my application by myself. I didn't show it to anyone else. I sent it in. Mm -hmm. I hope I get it. You know, like they, everybody understands that's a new way to do things that you can't, you can't do everything by yourself. You can't know everything. And um, I think we, we nailed it to like model it for our students. And again, whether we get in or not, it's just an accomplishment to get that application. And I, I did my video so many times that video done and finally handed in. So, <laughs> you know, and going back to that, you know, like you're saying, like I, I had a, my wifey, my beautiful wife, she was here helping me, you know, also like, cause I typed out the script and just cause I tried to not, you know, look like I was reading too much, which I know I wasn't very successful at, but I mean, bless her soul, like we're there, she's just standing in here for hours, just bringing up everything very slowly and everything. And so, like you said, you just, she was invested in it. She, she said, no, I'm going to stay here until you finish. She sat here in my office with me for about six hours, you know, just kind of getting everything together, the script, I would read it to her, she would read it back and change this, maybe do that, and so on. And, uh, but it's great, you know, if, if you got to share that with somebody, I mean, they get to see it, that passion and, and you just build each other up. And I think that's something that's great. So um, yeah, that kind of reminded me of what Marco, uh, you know, was doing, you build that bond too and everything. All right, guys. Oh yeah, go ahead, Bruce. Hans, I, I have teenage daughters at home. I really didn't get that support myself. They were like, <laughs> are you done recording it? Because we want to well, go. We want to be loud. <laughs> You're too quiet. <laughs> no, that, no, that's great that your family did it. And everybody's family supports them in, in different ways. But I, I didn't get I didn't get that in my house. But it's okay. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. If, if he was my child, he's not going to do it for me. My own daughter will not do it for me. She will be like... No, I'm not gonna. I don't have the patience to do this with you, mother. But because, he was, <laughs> but because he was like, you know, one of my students, and he was like, you know, I felt like I. He was just so patient with me. I felt like my daughter will not have that hours and hours of doing it with me. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's Although I love her, she loves me so much for sure. <laughs> And Alicia brought up a good point that I wanted to ask, like, you know, for many of you that had to record your videos, like Bruce was giving the example with, with his daughters and everything, like, how did you find time or that quiet time 
So you can be able to record those of you that may have kids and things of that sort. Did you have to say, honey, here's the credit card, go out for three, four hours or something, or I don't know, how did, how did you manage to do the video? And I know I saw Alicia put that she had to do everything after the kiddos bedtimes. Did anybody else have to be very creative with finding time to do their videos? Yeah, with ours, we had just gotten back from a uh, from a long trip driving, and so everybody went into the house, uh, went to bed. It was late at night, and so I'm going to say it was probably like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm down in the basement with my cell phone, uh, hitting the the timer on the record, and then getting into a pose because on my video I had myself playing ping pong and throwing darts and and all that kind of stuff. So I was I was uh, like balancing my cell phone on a on a table, hitting record, and then getting into my pose. So. That's uh, that was how I did mine as quietly as I could. <laughs> That's awesome. That how is you? super. I'm oh, sorry, Angela. Did you have to find any creative ways? I, I was just gonna say my biggest challenge was the narration, and I did a million times because my kid would be screaming in the background on Fortnite or something. I'm like, ah, okay, let me do it again. <laughs> so that was my biggest challenge. So I had to have the hubby take the kid and just give me a few minutes to get this narration down. Oh my goodness. <laughs> How about you, Joe? Uh, very similar to Casey. I, I kind of did the, the beginning of my video was a little bit of a, a scene. So I kind of had my phone propped up on something and then I would do my take and then I'd do it again. And then I was like, well, if I got to move this phone to do the next one, let me just do a bunch of these. So I was doing them and Unfortunately, fortunately, because of the circumstances, our school was empty. So <laughs> I was able to go in and nobody was there, um, do what I had to. The custodial staff kind of popped in and was like, you OK? Like, oh, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'm good. But I would do those takes over and over. Then I'd move this camera to another spot, do my takes so that I had enough to kind of chop it together afterwards. But uh, I think the video for me, I love just doing the videos. That was the the my favorite part last year, but I think we had mentioned it earlier. Um, it's not, it's not the only part and it's certainly not the biggest parts, how you kind of translate on that application. And that was one of my learning um, takeaways from doing it last time. I see. So Alicia, everything had to happen after bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything always happens after bedtime. Like every time I take a Google test or something, it's always like night till 3 a.m. So like, I mean, truly they could put me on any time zone. <laughs> they're, they're working in different groups because I, I don't, I'm not a sleeper thanks to these two kids. I'm going to get them back when they get older. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Georgina? Any, any, you know, so for the video, uh, I love working with video, as many of you may know already. So video is pretty cool, but I had like resource issues. So let's talk about things like a time. And so with a lot of different things going on, time is one, but also little things like string. I couldn't find string for these Google balls behind me, believe it or not. So finding the Google balls, no problem, believe it or not, in the Middle East, but finding string to attach them to your ceiling that is another issue. So we had to improvise and it was my husband's idea. Thank God he's there. So he decided just use sellotape. So it's all hanging by sellotape. They're just like paper Chinese lanterns, so they're mm -hmm. not super heavy. Um, but what I liked about it is that it actually gives them, therefore, the like transparent look as well. So it kind of looks like they're hanging in limbo a bit as long as the sunlight doesn't get on them. Um, 
but yeah, so it was little things like that. And then because I waited um, until the last interview to record my video, so I had a, I had to do a lot of editing. So that was that was time consuming. Was then like the editing and putting it all together. So I would definitely say. For those of you who want to record your video, if you have the chance to record it before the due date by like at least a week, then you have a chance to do edits, send a cut for review, and then get it back and do some more edits. So yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Well, guys, I know we're already approaching like the hour and a half mark, and uh, I, I knew that we would have a great time and a great chat. And I really want to thank you uh, for joining us and signing up. And just sharing your stories. And I feel wonderful that you guys are here because also, you know, I've made some new friends, you know, people that maybe I've seen on Twitter, but never met in real life. But now I get to see your faces and we got to collaborate and share our stories and inspire Bonds, others. You're not, you're not going to tell us all to look under our chair and one person is going to pull out the winning ticket. It's like a surprise for them. Right. It's a surprise for that. Everybody, <laughs> hey. No, but I just thank you no. so much, especially all the different places that you're from. You know, on the East Coast, we've got, of course, we've got uh, uh, Georgina from Jordan is visiting us. We've got Tina from India. We've got Angela from Chicago, myself from Texas, uh, Bruce, and I mean, Casey from Ohio. And then, of course, we've got Bruce, Alicia, and Joe. They're all from the East Coast as well. So thank you guys. And again, this is just something that we kind of put together and this is the power of being able to be connected educators. And for us that are aspiring, you know, uh, Google innovators that whether we get in or not, like Bruce said, you know, we've made a bond, we're here for one another. And thank you to everybody that took part and in, you know, reviewing our applications and things of that sort, because that really helps us out a lot because the community has been wonderful and it's been nothing but helpful and it's just been amazing. So thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, uh, Bruce, were you going to add hey, something fun. there? I was just going to say thank you to you because how to keep all these boxes together. And <laughs> I, I, I've been on your show. I do enjoy your show. And the same thing with everyone, just to, your like calmness of go to this person, go to that person, keep it all together. So no, it was, it was great. I learned a lot. And it's nice to see everybody in person instead of just their name on a little Twitter line. So it was cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody. And those of you that are watching us, thank you so much for making us part of your day and any future uh, you know, applicants for next year. Look us up. We, we've gotten that experience. We've learned maybe a time or two or three or, you know, maybe you never know. But we're always here to help and always reaching out, uh, be part of a PLF or I call it my professional learning family, because I really do feel that everybody that I come in contact with now becomes part of my family as far as, you know, just making that connection. So thank you everybody for watching us today. You will, there will be a podcast. This same show will be up on Anchor a little bit later today, but you can also review it here on YouTube. So give us a like on the YouTube channel. And again, thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate everything that you guys do and good luck everybody. So when is the announcement? Anybody know when they start that? Is it Monday? The 20th. 20th. It's the week of the 20th, so the we can have all week. <laughs> so, all right, guys, we're going to be fighting our nails. All right, guys, y'all take care. Bye. Thank you.